When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this episode of the Oakland Breakdown with Tiger and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino, we recap our top takeaways from OU Media Day, we talk about the potential demise of the Pac-12 Conference, Florida State's leadership, making it very clear they won out of the ACC, and the Hunter Decker's betting scandal. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right, our man Michael Hosty will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Friday, August 4th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and there are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack. Blackjack match roulette and Teddy's favorite craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And to learn more about their gaming promotions and entertainment options in the month of August, all you have to do is visit riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Now we're actually we're recording this on Thursday night. Please leave us a five-star review and a nice comment while you're at it. Ted, how was vacation? How we doing, man? Doing good. It was fantastic. We had a good time. Mexico is, it's hot this time of year, but it's not as hot as Oklahoma, apparently. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, w- I went from the mountains to k- came back to 105 and I was like, oh boy. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's all good. So a little recharged. Hope you guys enjoyed our episodes with Neil Brown and with Danny Stutzman. Got a lot of fun feedback. So the reason you may be wondering, like, you guys don't put out a Friday episode. What's going on? I am the marathon is continuing. I am I am going to Canton, Ohio to see Joe Thomas get inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He he invited uh, my wife and I to to go enjoy those festivities. So, fired up for that and really the way I saw it Ted I was like I don't know if I'm ever going to get the opportunity again. So, I'm going. Yeah. All right, that's uh that's very cool. It's going to be uh going to be a who's who. That's sure it's going to be a nice little party as well. That's going to be fun. That'll be yeah. cool. There's uh the the Haslam family is throwing a party at a vineyard. 
Ah. Yeah. Nice. That'll be should cool. Be, should be a good time. I'm looking forward to it. But that's why we're recording this. We wanted to react to all the stuff from OU Media Day, uh, talk about the latest conference realignment stuff. That is just, I mean, it's just blowing up right now. But it's going to be a long weekend, and I'm not getting back till late Sunday night. So we're going to get this out, and then our next episode will be our normal one that'll be, you know, Wednesday morning-ish. So just just a heads up. Timing will be better, too. You know, there's not going to be a whole lot of camp info on Sunday. By the time Wednesday rolls around, we'll have some good, juicy stuff yeah. that's going on in camp. Yeah, and we'll be able to get out to a couple practices. And first couple aren't in pads, so who really right. cares? I yep. mean, come on. Come on. All right, OU stuff. So a lot to unpack. Uh, when it comes to what stood out from OU Media Day the other day. Uh, most importantly, Ted, obviously, sending all the positive vibes, prayers uh, to Julie Venables and the entire Venables family uh, as she bought, battles cancer. So that was you know, something that you and I were made aware of um, a little while back and just, you know, just praying for their family and, we we've had several people ask us about wearing pink shirts to the Arkansas State game, and while I love the idea, that's that's something Brent Venables is going to have to address. I'm not going to be I, I don't and I love that people look to us to kind of lead those charges in that way, but that that's something BB's going to have to address. That is yeah. a that's a Venables family decision right there. Yeah, and I'm sure if if a uh enough people continue to ask about it and talk about it. That will be something that, that he does address. And, um, I mean, I, I, I think that'd be an awesome show from the fan base, a uh, show of support, show of awareness. So, uh, we'll see if it happens. Yeah. But, you know, obviously it's going to be challenging for coach Venables, uh, even though it sounds like the surgery was very successful, but you know, that is just, you know, when you're trying to, coach a football team and then you know probably the most important your important person in your life is going through that that is it's going to be a balancing act for him so uh, just nothing but nothing but positive vibes Julie's way okay so not a really easy transition from that but right. let's start with and this is something that's always interesting when Venables gives his injury updates right before you know as they're heading into the camp and man, again, you start looking at that tight end position and Venables uh, regarding Caden Helm said, not exactly sure when he'll be back, right? He's battling like crazy to get back, but just isn't there. Also said Llewellyn will be back, but he's kind of been snake bit. So I didn't know entirely how to interpret that. So it's kind of hard to count on the guy when he's been as banged up as he's been. It just, that piece alone, it doesn't make me feel any better about that tight end position. No, it doesn't. Um, super thin there. And I don't do we even know what Caden Helms is battling? Like what the issues have been? No. Yeah. I mean, he's he's been here for a while now, and I feel like he's hardly had any practice time at all. You know, and I don't know what his off season workout was like, if he was able to get much development in. It's been tough. You know, I hate that for the guy, but, you know, it's it's one of those things where you've, you've got to have bodies out there that you can rely on. And, you know, and it, it's it's kind of the thing with Llewellyn. 
if you have if you had a guy that's been injured often and you know it's maybe between him and and someone else you, you the other person may end up getting the nod because of reliability you know those reps are are critical and I don't know it's just it's not a good spot to be in because let's be honest and I think he's well past it but you know Stogner's been through some issues as well so um I don't know. I bet they're going to be probably pretty smart with him through camp because you can't afford for your starting tight end to go down right now. There's no way. Yeah. It, I mean, what they have, they have one tight end that's played any meaningful football. Yeah. Right. And Stogner and I, I don't know a lot about Blake Smith, right? You know, we saw him out in a couple of spring practices, saw him, you know, catch the touchdown with the club in the spring game. But other than that, I mean that 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 tight end position is thin, thin. And Helms and Llewellyn, those are young guys, mm-hmm. right? They, they are they still have a ton of football in front of them. But man, you you got to get healthy. You yep. you absolutely have to. And uh, I was trying to come up with any silver lining, right? To make it, it really wasn't to make people that listen to this feel better. I was really just trying to make myself feel better <laughs> about the tight end situation and. This is what I landed on. They won't be able to show much to tight end stuff in the non-conference if they can't work on it in camp. So big 12 teams, they'll just have to guess, right? Yeah. Because be, uh, we'll have nothing to look at. Be the uh, the ace up our sleeve as we go into uh, Cincinnati later on. Yeah, it's it's not a good spot to be in, though. I, because even with Stogner, you know, he's, he's a veteran guy. You expect him to understand everything and be able to go out there with fewer snaps through training camp and be able to execute whenever the uh, the season rolls around. But you want good looks at, you know, 100% physicality on the line of scrimmage. What are you going to get? Like, what are you good at? Like, what is he good at? What is your going to be your bread and butter in the running game? And because of numbers, it's going to be hard to get a true, honest look at that, you know, and I imagine some of the younger guys, you know, are, are going to get thrown into the mix and see what they can handle, what they can't, but you're so worried about numbers there. Just, you hate having that as a a little bit of a roadblock as you know, before you even put the pads on. Yeah. It just, it makes you wonder, you know, are we going to see, now, obviously, Levy wants to major in 11 personnel, but are we going to see some, you know, five wide receiver sets, right? Especially with how they seem to feel about their depth and the level of talent they have in the wide receiver room. Stogner can't play every snap of the game. <laughs> he right. just, he can't. It is as great as Braden Willis was a year ago, and there are some, some games where he played, I mean, the vast majority of snaps, but it's just, it's not realistic to expect Stogner to do something like that. So you you would hope that Helms and, and Llewellyn can get healthy enough to be factors, right? You want these young guys out there getting valuable reps in, in camp and ultimately getting valuable game reps, right? That's where you that's where you get better, like going through those experiences and feeling that pressure. But yeah, that was not a not a tremendous injury update as it pertains to the tight end spot. Yeah. I wonder, you know, it was a big thing for Lincoln Riley and we haven't seen much of it. And I don't, I don't remember any 
specifically offhand, 20 personnel, um, you know, because we are deep at running back. We got a lot of running backs back there. We got some physical backs. Wonder if they develop a little bit of uh, a package out of 20 personnel, two backs in the backfield, three wide receivers out there and, and see what they can generate out of that. I don't know. It's something to think about if those numbers can continue to stay thinned at tight end. Yeah. You think about a guy that like Tawi Walker or a Marcus major two guys yeah. that could probably be, you know, more blocking types if you needed them to, to be serviceable in situations like that, but yet yeah, not ideal. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear. Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So we also got an update on Jacob Sexton from Venables. And it sounds like this guy's just crushing that ACL rehab. Remember, yeah. toward in the bowl game, uh, Venables basically said they got to protect him from himself. Kind of sounds like a psycho, which love that. <laughs> That's good. Love that. But being smart with him, uh, he, he said multiple times he's ahead of the curve. But you start thinking about the tackle situation, right, with Walter Rouse and Tyler Guyton. I mean, Sexton, you, you, you never want to rush a guy back off a major injury like that. But if he's progressing – the way that he should, and it sounds like he's progressing even better, you know, than that he's even that far ahead of schedule. It, it does make you start feeling a little better about the tackle depth. I feel really good about the two starters, but you, you never know. You it's it's rare to go through a season and not have to play three or four tackles. So yeah. and we we've seen it. So if he can continue to be be ahead of the curve and be comfortable and ready to go by, I don't know, conference play, OU Texas, I don't know. I don't know what's yeah. realistic, but that it, I took that as a very positive update. Yeah. No, it sounds like it. You know, all the depth that you can have at tackle is critical because, you know, we, we saw Aaron Parks a little bit in the bowl game. And, you know, the fact that he came back out of the transfer portal, you look at it now and, and uh, pretty fortunate with that whole situation. Jake Taylor um, seems to be progressing good. And I really liked Kane Green, you know, just as a young guy, what he was able to do throughout just that first spring ball. Seems like he's got a lot of upside, but you don't want a uh, – <laughs> typically don't want a true freshman having to jump out there at tackle. Um, but, you know – We'll see. I think I feel like right now it's a little bit of a question mark at depth, but it could be a, a situation where we get out of training camp. We're talking about we're pretty deep there. Yeah. You know, it, it could kind of go either way. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you, you know, I was, I was really impressed with Caden Green and the way that he handled himself. They, I mean, they threw him in the fire mm-hmm. at left tackle uh, throughout spring ball. And I was really impressed with the way that he looked. I think Jake Taylor is a guy they feel very comfortable with if they have to throw him in at tackle. And then Aaron Parks, right? If you if it gets to that point, right? We, we've at least seen him play some football now. So, yeah, I, I'm hoping that Sexton stays on track and, and keeps 
keeps getting back to sounds like himself. I mean, usually, and I've, I've been through an ACL and it takes you a while to trust that leg. And it's really getting over the mental hurdle of it more than the physical, but sounds like he's doing really well. So, yeah, well, it, I don't know. And you can speak to this way better than I can with the knee, but it, it's different going through drills and and stuff than it is live action. There's bodies flying all over the place. You, you, you know, you got guys, you know, spinning and twists and stunts that you don't know what's coming. And I, it planned movement with your leg when you're rehabbing an injury is way different than live action, but you know, not to say that he's not prepared and ready for that stuff. And it just takes time and you got to get out there and, and earn that trust back. You mean it's, it's different blocking a 265 pound DN than doing drills with the physical therapist on the, on the other field. Yeah. Especially the guys that he's going to be blocking in this camp. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm very excited that it sounds like he's doing as well as he's doing, uh, because that was a, that was, that was a horribly timed injury when you go back and think about it. I mean, especially for a guy that they are, they're expecting a lot from when it comes to what he can do in his OU career. All right. Jacob Lacey hated for man, blood clots. I just, anytime I hear that it's scary now, sounds like he's going to be fine. But anytime you hear that, man, that is just, whew. especially we we saw what Redmond went through with that. I, I don't know how similar those situations are, but you just never want to hear a guy's having to, to battle through that. That's, that's scary, man. Yep. It's scary. And, you know, I, you just, you, you have to wonder as a, as a player or, or did they find them all? I, right. you know, what's what's hovering around you know the corner that i don't know about and is it going to happen again and i don't know they've got people that know all about that there that are going to give him the treatment he needs and they will be with something like that they will be overly cautious i'm not worried about them rushing him back from something like that at all yeah a couple other ones uh phil pie the transfer coming off an acl that he tore during the season a year ago, we'll, we'll see how much of a factor he can be, like how quickly he, he can get up to speed and feel like himself. And then Robert Spears Jennings, remember the shoulder surgery during spring ball that he just couldn't battle through anymore. And what do he say? Early September is kind of what they're expecting for, for Robert Spears Jennings. So we'll, we'll see, but that's a guy that right now, that guy looks the part. Whoa. I uh, know. And it, that was a frustrating uh, injury whenever it happened because he was really starting to make some big leaps at that safety position, but he shows a lot of promise, man. Yeah. He's got plenty of time. We're deep and we've got some good veteran guys there right now. I, it's not necessarily a bad thing for him as far as his, his trajectory is concerned to maybe take it slow right now through an injury. Last thing you want to do is have that thing compound and get worse. Like he's got a lot of really good football ahead of him. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm with you, but he's he's a guy that I mean, you look at the non-conference. Let's let's be real; it's not exactly murderer's row. But if you can get him back for for conference play, don't you think? And I know that safety's ultra competitive heading into camp, but just the way that he looks physically, man, you got to imagine he's going to be a factor. I I. 
I don't know much of any of the guys that they've got there right now that aren't a factor. I, I just feel like we are we are so more athletic at that position than we've been in a long time. We're bigger, we've got more length, we've got some really good athleticism. And then you you bring in some guys and add some, you know, some experience over the top of that, some good tackling ability. I mean, that is a legit group. We I will be disappointed if we don't have the best safety play that we've had at Oklahoma in a long time this year, big time disappointed. Yeah. And I expect, I expect Robert Spears Jennings to be part of that. Yep. Right. Uh, I mean, I'd be, I'd be surprised if he's not just with, you know, how he's built physically and some of the flashes we saw from him a year ago, yep. right. Which you just went, okay, that guy's a freshman and that's what it looks like. Yep. That's totally what you want great. your safeties looking like. So we'll see, but hopefully he can he can get that shoulder all the way healthy to where they are because it sounds like he's done pretty much everything but full contact. So yeah. we'll we'll see how that progresses through these first couple of weeks of camp. Okay. This was a statement that BV made during media day that I think got a lot of people's attention. And here was the quote. We might have a whole new lineup across the board other than Stutzman in that front seven. And you talk about it all the time. Sometimes coaches use press conference settings to send messages. And that was one when I heard it, my ears kind of went, huh? I kind of, I, because I, I was just listening to it back. I was like, that, that didn't feel like an accident. That was. That was something where it was just a giant, hey, boys, all the jobs are open, except for Stutzman, I guess, which, hey, congrats to Stutzman. He, that dude must be killing it. Well, I mean, we talked about this, though. I, whenever you talk about the defensive end and edge spot, I mean, it was Downs and Grimes a year ago, and, I mean, Bothroyd was, through the spring, looked like a – penciled in starter right that's a new guy there talk about trace ford you know he's got some stuff that he's able to do that you know with the experience and the production that he has you know young guy or mason thomas out of barre I mean, it's a totally different group and then you move to the interior you got lulu who just went down to um big 12 media day as a representative there I mean, that means quite a bit about what he may have done. And, you know, we heard from uh, Stutzman about some of the other guys that were factoring in there on the defensive line throughout summer workouts. So, I mean, not that really whenever you think of it, it, it is kind of, it's like, you know, when it hits you, it's it's like, okay, wow. But then whenever you start to think about it, it's it's almost expected. Are you – are you more interested in the battle at defensive tackle, like the interior guys or edge heading into camp? I'm more interested in the battle at edge because the interior usually becomes more of a rotation anyways. Right. You know, um, you know, you'll definitely have, you'll end up with your guys that, that end up being your starters, but like after the first series, with your defensive line, like who's starting and what's happening is kind of can be in question depending on 
the flow of the game. But the guys at the edge typically end up playing more snaps. Um, like to me, that's that's really what I'm more interested in because, you know, one of the things, frankly, is we haven't had a big threat at rush edge in a while, a consistent, you know, every third down, you've got to account for this guy type of edge rusher. And and that's what we really need. So that's, I, I'd say I'm more interested in the edge. I think out of all the guys, you know, that I'm excited to go to a, to a practice and see, I think Dejon Terry's at the top of my list right now. It's, we didn't see him in spring ball. wasn't here for spring. Yeah. Right. And I've, I've watched quite a few of his games when he played at Tennessee. And I remember him when he was at Kansas, but I'm excited to see that guy in person because on paper, it's exactly what you want, right? Along the the interior of the defensive line. And I just, I want to see, is he going to be, is he going to be a a solid player or is he going to be a guy that's going to be an absolute problem? Yeah. So that's, I, I think he's top of my list when I go out to practice whatever day next week. I, I, I'm going to spend probably too long just looking at looking at him, <laughs> watching him. Well, I mean, here's the thing, though. I, if, if he leans more towards being a guy that's a problem and Lulu, like how he's impressed everyone, if that translates onto the field and then what maybe we end up having an edge – I, we could have a really dangerous front four again for the first time in a long time, like across the board. We've had some individual players here and there, but as an entire group, it's been a while since we pulled it all together and, you know, listening to people in everything I know across the country, everyone had the greatest summer ever, you know, it's just, that's how it goes. But I heard some really good things about the D line, man. Some really good things. So I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I like it. I like it. All right. Let's talk about a few more of the takeaways from OU media day, but first loves travel stops is now offering a nationwide 10 cent per gallon discount on gas and auto diesel. Just download the Loves Connect app and scan your barcode at the prompt on screen and watch that price drop 10 cents per gallon. Across the country, the Loves Connect app unlocks exclusive deals can help any traveler plan their route or meal on the highway. So before you hit the road, be sure to download the Loves Connect app to save 10 cents per gallon and experience the country's best highway hospitality at Loves Travel Stops. Loves also has you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones with an expanded mobile to-go zone. And of course, don't forget to grab yourself some of that delicious Java Hamore. Opolis Clothing is the exclusive home for all of our Oklahoma Breakdown merchandise and is the best place to get your OU and OKC Thunder gear as well. If you want to live your life in butter soft comfort, go to opolisclothing.com. That's O-P-O-L-I-S clothing.com. Use promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off your entire order. It's opolisclothing.com. Use promo code TED. For 10% off, buttery soft and 10% off. And hey, you hungry out there? Well, then head to the garage for hand-smashed patties, butter-toasted buns, and ice-cold beer. The food is fantastic and is the perfect spot to watch any big game. 
Visit eatatthegarage.com to find a location near you and order online from the garage in your neighborhood. Jeff Levy in a press conference setting is just fantastic. <laughs> He's just fantastic. He doesn't give you much, but he just, I mean, the guy just wants wants to talk a little ball and then go home. That's that's yep. that's our boy Levy's mentality. But he he did surprise me a little bit with how matter of fact he was about the offensive line situation. And it, it's funny because it's always a competition competition with Beatenbow. Always, right? Jobs are always up for grabs all season long. That's just that's just how Bill rolls. But Lebby made it sound like, hey, we've got four guys set and the left guard spot is open. Right? I mean, because he went, hey, Rouse, left tackle, Rames center, Matoyer's going to be the right guard, Guyton's going to be the right tackle. We'll see who the fifth guy is. Is That's how I interpreted what he said. Yeah, well... You kind of, I mean, I it's think hard to argue with. Yeah, I think that's probably how you would pencil it in. Um, I, if I remember right, Metallier had a better spring than than what he looked like in the fall. Was way more physical, coming off the ball, more aggressive, some better um, shape, looked better a little shape. leaner. Yeah, so, um, it's not a shock to hear that they like where he is and they're kind of they're penciling uh, him into that spot. But, you know, whenever you look at the, the left guard guys that are going to be factoring into that job, I mean, I, I've kind of feel good about the upside with, with several of those guys and see what happens. I mean, a guy like Caden green, right. They may pencil someone in right now, but a guy like Caden green could, he could change that pretty quickly. A young guy can make a, a really big jump and, and take some, some big strides throughout summer. And then you put the pads on and figure out, you know, after he got his toe dipped in the water a little bit there in the spring, like he may, may show up a little more confidence to be firing off the football a little differently. Yeah. And I, I don't think Caden Green and I was, I thought he looked plenty athletic at tackle during the spring. And I think they were really impressed with the way that he looked, but I don't think there's anything like if the, if you feel he is more consistent, right. Then Savion bird or Caleb Schaefer, then I don't see any reason why you can't start a true freshman at left guard. Yeah. Right. And, and I don't think that's what you want. Let me make that clear. But if Savion bird doesn't get to where you want him to get to, Right. We know he's got the athleticism. We know he's got the explosiveness. We know he's got the strength. But that consistency piece is missing, right? That is unproven. If he can't show that level of consistency that Beatonbow wants to see throughout training camp, then I who's the who's the next guy? Yeah. Right? Is it is it a situation where you bump Caden Green inside? Caleb Schaefer, he was playing tackle in the spring just because they had they were had a numbers yeah. issue. He's he's going to be very comfortable at either guard spot. Is it a situation where hey, you've got a guy, and remember, you're getting you want to get your you want to get your best five that play their best as a unit. It's not always the most talented five. I have to tell I have to explain this to people all the time. 
you get your five guys that play the best together. If that involves Matoyer having to flip over back to left guard and you put Schaefer at right guard if he's more comfortable there or you bump Jake Taylor in and you play him at right guard, then so be it. But I guarantee you this, Beanbow is going to play with every single lineup <laughs> throughout training camp and probably throughout the non-conference games. And he's going to try to find that group, hopefully before the Cincinnati game. I, You know, one thing that makes me feel good about that spot, whether it's, it's Savion Bird, who I don't know what his weight is right now, continues to be a little light, but he plays – He's maybe the most aggressive guy there. Uh, Caden Green is, you know, obviously the youngster there, but I both of those guys, you're going to be wedging them between a lot of starts at left tackle and a lot of starts at center. I have to imagine that helps out quite a bit for guys that, you know, you need the mental part to come around. Yeah, and I'm going to go out on a limb. I think Walter Rouse can help whoever's going to be the left guard if there is any hesitation and when it comes to understanding assignments on plays. He went to Stanford. Now, I could be stereotyping him. That it could be true. I'm just going to go out of limb and assume that he's a smart guy. And if you got a smart guy next to a guy that maybe doesn't have a great grasp of, of what's going on all the time, I can tell you from experience, you can get everyone on the same page. You just need a couple guys out there that know exactly what they're doing, and then you spread the message. It's not that hard. That's that's kind of what I'm I'm I mean, that's at least my thinking, and would maybe have them a little more likely to throw a, a true freshman out there at left guard if he right. if he's there and you're a little worried. I mean, you you got two really experienced guys, multi year starters that he's gonna be playing with. So I don't know. I'm I'm optimistic about the left guard spot. I'll say this kind of quiet on rain throughout media day. Yeah. Which I'm going to interpret as a good thing. Because if we're not talking about him being banged up or anything like that, then I'm good. But health is the most important thing for him. If he can stay healthy, the dude's going to put together a hell of a season. So not a lot of chatter about him throughout the media day, and I'm fine with that. Well, I, I'm with you. Um, I'm also anxious to see how he responds, because he's going to be pushed more than he's has been since he's been there as a starter, right? You would assume. Yeah. So I'm anxious to see how he responds to that. It's going to be a little bit different. Um, you've got an experienced guy that started and – you know, played some big time football and you know, I it yeah, gives I mean, them some ability to play with more lineups, you know, and give some reps out. And I, I don't know. I just I want to see how that dynamic works. Yeah, and and maybe Troy Everett's that other interior yeah. guy. I maybe he comes into camp and just kills it. I, I don't we know. I've seen him with pads on. You know, I know they do some stuff throughout the summer, so they probably have some idea with him. But you know, he's he's a post spring guy. We haven't seen him in pads and how he compares, other than going back to the previous season, which looked pretty good. Yeah. So we'll we'll see what it looks like in person with Troy Everett. But yeah, I'm 
This may shock you. I'm excited to watch the offensive line. Are you optimistic? I am. I, that they I think could be better this, than last year. I think they they should be better than last year. Now, I know you lose a first rounder in Anton, right? But I think the combination of Rouse and Guyton, I think it has it it should it should have a very comparable ceiling. And, and we didn't get Wanya Morris for what he missed the first four games last right? year. So your your continuity was all messed up. And as a result of that, like I I think Rouse, and once again, I'm going back to him. I I think the guy's really intelligent. I feel like he's got, you know, he's got some really good physical tools. I'm choosing to believe that Beanbow is going to elevate him as a player with his coaching. And I think that's a reasonable assumption. And he has said, Bill has said that they've found out that he's more athletic than they thought coming in. Right. Which, and you and I had that conversation when he, he announced that he was transferred. Like he moved like an old school, right tackle to me, Mm -hmm. but clearly he's made some gains uh, with Jerry Schmidt and, and they feel really good about the type of athlete he is. And, if Bill is saying that and you combine that athleticism with the intelligence, his level of consistency, I think he's going to be a more consistent player than Wanya Morris. Now, he may not have some of the moments where you just go, oh, my God, how'd that dude do that? Wanya had some of those. That's why he was a third-round pick because the flashes. You're just like, whoa, what was that? I don't know how many of those Rouse is going to have, but I think he's going to be a more consistent player. I think he's going to be, I don't know, more reliable is the best way to put it. But I just think you, you I, I think the floor on a snap to snap basis is going to be at a higher level than it was from Wanya a year ago. And then Guyton got to put it together, right? Got yeah. all the talent in the world. He he'll probably have some, you know, some ups and downs, right? He hasn't played a lot of offensive line, but I'm just I'm such a believer in the ceiling for that guy that. Yeah. I think the tackle situation could be very comparable to a year ago. And honestly, I'm expecting it to be a little better. Yeah. I don't know if that's fair or not. Cause one of the guys is a first round pick, but I've said it 20 times at this point. I think Tyler Guyton, if I think his ceiling is top 10 pick. So we'll see. Maybe I end up looking like an idiot. Well, you, you're not going to be the only one. I mean, Bill has said that he's, he's the most talented player he's coached. He's 6'7", 330 pounds, moves, says he could still play tight end, looks like he's 290. I mean, if if it all comes together, then it's it's going to be something special. At what point do we just have to start accepting that Gavin Freeman's one of the best players on this team? I've I've already made – I on my radio show, I said, I've beat around the bush. I've talked about it. You know, like who's going to be the number one wide receiver? I'm, I'm expecting Gavin Freeman to lead the team in receiving. I I don't know. I've if only I would... heard so much from everyone, from the coaches, from the players. From it's just nonstop. At some point, I got to believe him. Right when Brent Bittables comes out on media day and says, "quote Best receiver coming out of spring was Gavin Freeman," 
some people hear that and they go, oh, he's just, he's trying to motivate Farouk or he's trying to motivate Andrew Anthony. He's trying to motivate, you know, the young guys, Anderson and Gibson. No, I think he really just thinks he's their best wide receiver. That's where I'm at yeah. with it. I, I do too. I asked Stutzman, who's a guy that throughout the, the summer that's, that's impressed that people are going to, I couldn't even get the, the question out of my mouth before you said Gavin Freeman. Yeah. I mean, so I, now it becomes like, is he going to be like a thousand yard receiver? Like that's where I, I don't know. It's not like Marvin Mims was way, way bigger than Gavin Freeman. And he's not way, way faster either. I know that's he's faster, but he ain't way faster. That's and that's why I am. I wonder how they're going to use him. I don't know if he's going to lead the team. And this may be a cop out, but could I say he doesn't lead the team in receiving yards, but he leads the team in total yards? Because sure. I do think you you know how they got the ball and they got the ball to him in some of those situations last year, right? Jet sweeps where he's on the move. And those are receptions. I I could see them handing it to him. I could sure. see them using it a lot of ways. I could see them putting him in the backfield, right? Especially if your tight end situation's not good, right? How can you get creative with the way you move him around on the field? I I don't know, man, but I'm over here thinking, what, 700 yards? How, how many touchdowns? I it's the same thing over and over again from every coach and every player, though. Gavin Freeman, and it and it's not, it's not like, like it's it's not like a motivational thing. No, there's way it's, too many people saying the same thing for this know, to be some motivational tactic to get yeah. Nick Anderson and Jaden Gibson going. You know what I mean? I mean, and he's like, I I don't know. He just seems like that dude. You heard Stutzman? He's like. He's got his hair. He wears his hair like Gavin Freeman now. I, he's the trendsetter on the team. There's something Gavin, going he, on. He there. went and got a sleeve of tats. Like the guy's just. I don't know, man. I'm that's I'm he's I'm saying he's, he'll be our leading receiver. If I'm proven I, wrong, fine. I don't care. But I'm I've only heard it from every single person in the building. So there we go. Yeah, including the head coach, the offensive coordinator. <laughs> like that you know, just. At some point, you just got to believe them, right? Yep. A yep. couple freshman updates from Media Day. Josiah Wagner, almost 180. Ooh. We loved him with what we saw from him in spring. Yep. So I, with that added size, I'm going to be surprised if he's not a big factor at corner. I really am. Like, he was running with the ones in spring yeah. and looked – and at points of time, looked like the best corner. Yes, on the team. Never, there was never a moment where he did not totally look like he belonged out there. And to a casual observer, um, you know, was coming back, returning starter, coming back from last season. Yeah, as a early arrival, true freshman out there, which is which is hard to do. Very hard in in a very unshocking development. Jacoby Johnson is playing defense. You yep. nailed that one. Head coach <laughs> right. got his way there. <laughs> well, you know, I you you got some size, you got some athleticism, and I think it's better for him anyways. You know, I 
the receiver room I don't know. I they they need some consolidation in there. It's almost it's time to stop adding people. You know, it's it we we've got to get some guys that are consistent, that have jobs, that can get better. I mean, I love I love development and I love competition, but at some point we've got to find who our guys are. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know. I think there's still plenty of room at corner. Um, and you know, he may be big enough where they try him at safety too. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. You always rooting for the local guys, right? Yeah. That's right. So we'll, we'll see what it ends up looking for him. And then just one thing to note, he throws Ida. I, I heard the shout out from the head coach. Yeah. That, that means something. It, it it certainly doesn't mean nothing. Yeah. So I just I went ahead and you know I was taking notes as I was listening back to BV's press conference and I just oh, okay I'm gonna I'm gonna jot that down. If all of a sudden we see him out there with the second group at some point in one of these non-conference games, I'm not gonna be surprised. Yeah, I I know this. He's a big, strong dude. We'll see. You know, he's done something to impress now weight room and drills and stuff like that is one thing. We'll see what happens when he puts the pads on. I, my, my guess is he's like 90% of the other freshmen to where it looks good early and then is a bit overwhelmed mentally, which leads to like physical, like, like you just kind of fall apart at some point, but we'll see like to get a shout out from the coach. Hey, Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's good. It's good stuff. All right. Call your shot. We asked you guys your top takeaway from OU Media Day. This first one comes from Just Okay Sports, who says, Coach Jones raving about Jaden Gibson. Said he knows offense enough to be the QB and said his GPS was near the top every day. Most Suter fans felt like they wrote him off after his drops, but hopefully Coach Jones gets him right. If so... Watch out. He, it's time, right? You got to make the big jump, right? You're one to year two. You got to make the jump. And Emmett Jones, uh, I loved getting to hear from that guy. Clearly extremely passionate, very fired up to be here at Oklahoma, but, and I don't know him well at all. Hope to get to know him better, right? Throughout the season. But, that guy doesn't seem like a guy that's going to baby anyone no, at all. So yeah, I, mean, I am, I am excited to see what, where, where Gibson's at right throughout camp. And yeah. I, you got to start showing something, right? That consistency. And the guy just, he's got such an interesting body type that no other receiver on this team has can be such a weapon. If he can just put it all together. Yeah, no, he he's got a tremendous amount of talent. You got to remember, one year ago, almost to the day, that wide receiver group lost their coach, right? And it had to have had a big impact on development, on progression, on maturity, improving for those guys. Um, it set them back. So now that they've had their coach through spring, through summer. Heading into training camp, 
I expect big jumps because I've been pounded in the head for too long with how talented a lot of these guys are. Let's see it, right? I mean, come on. It's it's time to see it. It's time to stay healthy, stay on the field, make some improvement because, yeah, I agree. It's, a, it's an incredibly talented room. It should be, I mean, if, if, if the if what our wide receiver room looks like on paper shows up on the field, it could be the by far, you know, one of the most dangerous groups. And uh, I know that Tex is going to have a really good group, but we should be right there. Athletically, speed-wise, size-wise, we could check every single box across the board. This group should be should be one of the best in the country. We just have to see it. We haven't up to this point. Yeah. No. It's gonna be it's gonna be something we're definitely gonna be watching closely. This other one comes from Ovaltine Jenkins. Nice. He says his number one takeaway was that we gotta enjoy Jay Valai while we can because he's gonna be a head coach soon. I could listen to that guy talk about football and do impressions all day. <laughs> I do love Valai, man. He's oh, yeah. he's fantastic. And that battle at corner. I mean, we talked about Josiah Wagner. I, I feel I feel pretty confident that Woody Washington is going to have one of those spots locked down. But Gentry Williams looked awfully good. And now that he's kind of worked through his health issue, I mean, he, he looks like a guy, when you just talk about size and athleticism, I, I don't know. I, I'm very interested to see how it shakes out at corner. And I I think it's going to be – it could be one of these situations where we're, we see a lot of guys playing throughout the season. I mean, I, I don't know if you necessarily have to just have your two guys anymore. But I, I do think Valai is – he's going to push those guys. And I'm, I'm interested to see who kind of separates themselves from the pack. Yeah, consistency. I think we got a lot of guys that have – the ability to make some really nice plays, athletically gifted, um, kind of tough mentality, good tacklers, physical. It's just who could be the most consistent. And I think you're right. Maybe depending on matchup or uh, what a specific game plan may be week to week, you may get a couple of different looking lineups throughout the season. But um, I don't know. I I feel like again, you know, I've said this a bunch. We should be we should be as good or better than we've been at corner in a long time. That's how it that's how it feels, right? When you look at it on paper, but you know, we'll see. That camp's just getting going, man. Okay. We got a we'll see. We got a got a lot to watch and a lot to evaluate. But yeah, there is the talent. Like the size, the length, yeah. There's there's a lot to be excited about. We have we've got some birthday shoutouts that have piled up. Woo. Don't worry, people. We've been keeping track. Happy fourth birthday to Luke Thomas Stafford. Happy sixth birthday to Otis Walker. Happy fifteenth birthday to Camden Goff. Happy sixteenth birthday to Amanda in Iowa. Happy eighteenth birthday. To Bailey Giblet? Giblet. Giblet? It's Giblet to me. Giblet. Bailey Giblet. Happy 26th birthday to John Kantowski. 
What a name. Happy yeah. 29th birthday to Maddie Ball. Happy 31st birthday to Kenny Bruce. Happy 37th birthday to Ivy Wynn. Happy 28th birthday to Jenna Lutz. Happy 38th birthday to Don Wynn. Happy 46th birthday to Jamal Frisbee. Happy birthday to Mike Perry. And happy birthday to Kelly Packnett. Ooh. Nice. Packnett. 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 That's that, you nailed it. Nailed it. All right. There is there's a lot going on in the Pac 12. <laughs> Florida State is angry. And Hunter Deckers did what? <laughs> but first. Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School represents a tradition of educational excellence in Oklahoma City. Grounded in a faith-based education, students prepare to meet their potential with an individualized academic path that strives for success. Bishop McGinnis offers a college prep curriculum that includes 22 AP courses, participation in OSSAA athletics, where they've won over 100 state championships and numerous clubs and organizations for students to join and grow. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. And attention, business owners. You need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica compares coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Insurica's goal is to help you avoid a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and control your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best in class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A dot com. Colorado did it. It's been a while since we recorded a podcast talking about like college football news. Yeah. They they informed the Pac-12 that they're leaving next year. They will head back to the Big 12 Conference. No penalty, right? Timed it up well. And this has left the Pac-12 on life support and has the remaining members exploring all their options. George Klyavkov scrambled and has presented the remaining members with a TV deal that is a primarily streaming deal with Apple, which, according to multiple reports, would be tied to subscriber number thresholds, like some tiers, so the schools wouldn't know what they were bringing in each year, which, when you can't set the budget, they don't like that, Ted. No. They don't like that one bit. So I, I guess Klavkov's also helping to get other deals done with Fox and ESPN for a package of games. But to me, and by the time people listen to this, this may have all changed, but it feels like the Pac-12's future is in, in Arizona's hands, and it only feels like a matter of time that they're they're leaving. That's how it feels to me. Yeah. Don't they have a regents I, meeting tonight? I think they the the meeting was starting right about when we were starting to record. So they may have already said they're leaving. Let's let, yeah, let's go ahead and double check that. But I think they're going to be gone. I mean, let's be honest. There's nothing really. I mean, you got an Apple streaming TV deal there. No one wants to be on streaming. Okay, like live sports and streaming just 
it hasn't mixed well. Look at what the Thursday night football numbers were from a year ago. It was abysmal. Um, you got to know what your numbers are for the budgeting. It's still looking to add some games with Fox and ESPN. If Arizona decides that they're leaving, which I think they will, could be wrong about that, but I feel like they will, the whole thing falls apart really quickly, right? I mean, at that point, I know I don't know what Arizona and Arizona State's connection is and how tied to one another they are, but whenever they both have the you know, the invitation has been sent, right? The Big Twelve has not been playing around. They've 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 told everyone like we're adding, this is what we got, this is what we can get you. Just saw Colorado get a full share of what 30, 30 some million dollars a year, which it ain't what the big 10 and what uh, the sec are getting, but it's guaranteed 30 million. Uh, you can't turn your nose up at that right now with, with the uncertainty of a streaming deal. So I think it's, I think it's going to be done. Yeah. So as of what it is, nine fifty seven PM central standard time here on Thursday night, the latest update we have when it comes to Arizona, and the Big 12 is from Ross Dellinger, who's now at Yahoo, by the way. He says, Big 12 executives met Thursday to approve the application of Arizona as a 14th member, paving the way for the Wildcats to enter the conference. It is another step in UA's path to join. The final step would be approval from its board of regents. So, that it that feels awfully close. Yep. Feels feels awfully close, and then, then it becomes what? What's the domino effect of that? Right, that's where this thing, like, are we about to watch the Pac-12 and the what Mountain West merge? Uh, it uh, it sounds to me like what you're going to get is. Washington and Oregon State left looking for a home. Oregon, you mean Washington, Washington State and Oregon State? Yes. Is that did I not say that right? Well, you yeah. said Washington and Oregon State. I knew what you meant. You yep. meant both states, but I was the like, states. no, I think Washington's going to be fine. Um, Oregon, Washington, Stanford, Cal, to the Big Ten, um, the four corner schools to the Big Twelve. And, you know, we already got USC, UCLA going. I don't know about Oregon State, Washington State, what they're going to have left. I really don't. They don't offer any TV markets. They, it's unfortunate because I think they're both good schools. I think, you know, both, both programs are kind of in a good spot right now, actually. Um, I hate that for them, but that's, that's just what's going to happen, man. That's what's going to happen. It's just a matter of when it gets announced. All of, yeah, all the uncertainty in the Pac-12. I mean, the Big 12 is, I mean, your mark has done a tremendous job, right, ever since he's taken over. Feels like he, feels like everything he's done, like it's worked out for him. I mean, just making the best of, you know, losing OU in Texas before he took over, but. Yeah, the Big Ten is – discussions have reignited 
when it comes to Oregon and Washington. And that's one of the one of the funnier things I've seen, and I've seen it from multiple reporters, is that you know the Big Ten doesn't want to be the one that delivers the death blow to the Pac-12 by taking Washington and Oregon. They did it a year ago. Yeah. You already <laughs> did it, guys. Don't try to feel better now. You already did it. And I, you, they think that no one notices that they already added two Pac-12 teams. And if they can, because remember, they get they got UCLA and USC, right? So they get the LA market, and they get two very big brands. If they can somehow play that into eventually getting Washington and Oregon at a discount, that's pretty damn impressive. Right from a business standpoint. And that's how, that's what it's going to be. Like they're Washington and Oregon are not getting a full share. I mean, they're just not. So if they're able to pull that off, it's like those are two big brands. Like I, and if you can get them, I don't know what the, like well, what type a of full share is still going to be more than what their Pac 12 deal has been. No kidding. And that's where, that's where I, I know the travel's going to suck. And I know that it, I guess USC really doesn't want Oregon in the Big Ten. Well, guess what? USC, no one cares what you think. <laughs> You're in the Big Ten now. Like, Michigan doesn't care what you think. But I don't know. This, this whole thing, it just, it's gotten really weird, Ben. And it, our alma mater might have started it all. Well, I think it's ultimately going to be better for everyone. I think the Big 12 is going to be in a great position, especially if they end up adding all the four-corner schools, which I think they will. Um, I think the Big 10 is going to be in a really good spot. I, the Pac-12, it sucks because this is about to be the best year that the Pac-12 has maybe ever had competitively and with the quarterbacks that they've got. Um, so it's just it, it's, a nightmare for them as a league. I know it's crazy. It's, it's wild, man. I mean, they've got three guys, three quarterbacks in that league that are, I, I haven't checked the Heisman odds, but they've got three guys that have to be like in the top seven or eight of Heisman odds with Caleb Williams, Bo Nix and Penix. Yeah, and Cam Rising's pretty daggum good too. Yeah, I mean, they're every yeah. every team in the conference has a good quarterback. It feels like, and no one's talking about it. I know. I they will be. They're yeah. They will be. Matchups are going to be great. They're they're like USC. We've talked about it. USC could be a much better football team than they were a year ago and have a much worse record. Yeah, I hear you. Now, I had this thought, and I wanted to get your your opinion on it. Is there is there any possibility that a team like or a school like Northwestern or Purdue may be hesitant to add Washington and Oregon at a partial share? Because then all of a sudden that becomes a thing. 
in the Big Ten. And I know when they added what was it, Rutgers and Maryland, like I I understand that. But those are those are big brands that when the next TV deal comes around, they're gonna say, Hey, no, we want a full share or we want closer to a full share. Take some from Northwestern or from Purdue. Like, I wonder if there's any hesitancy there. I don't know. You know, it's when's their next deal up though? Because they just signed it. Yeah, it's like a was it a seven year deal? I'm just I'm just guessing. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. There's got to be there's got to be some real pressure to start making some waves and performing well. Um, yeah, seven year deal. It you got to start to feel like is this thing is it's like shifting and we haven't really seen the moves, but the 12 team playoff, we're starting to really look like pro football here. And if you don't start to show that you can compete and be a part of it, you could be left behind really quickly. So, yeah, I, I think there's definitely right now feeling good about things, but it's like, Oh boy. I, we better figure some stuff out and start being a more competitive uh, program in all areas. Yeah. So that's just something I was thinking about, but man, if the big 10, <laughs> they take USC and UCLA and then end up because remember there was a lot of conversation. Hey, if they offer Oregon and Washington, they're coming and they did it. And if their patience ends up paying off, they get about a partial share and all the numbers make sense, right? Yeah. That's a, uh, it's pretty impressive play. Heck yeah, it is. Be. And I, you know, the great thing about the 12 team playoff coming is that all of this stuff is going to happen like really quickly. There's going to be a whole next year's going to have a whole new landscape and, it's going to be really cool. Yeah. All right. Let's let's finish up with talking about how angry everyone at Florida State apparently is <laughs> and then get better on your own games. But first. John Vance Auto Group has been serving Oklahomans for 40 years. Family owned and operated. They got nine full service dealerships in Woodward, Miami, and Guthrie. No matter what your vehicle needs are, John Vance Auto Group has you covered. They carry domestic brands such as Ford, Lincoln, Chevy, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Dodge, Ram, Jeep, and Wagoneer. John Vance Auto Group's goal is to give unequaled service and to exceed customers' expectations in every way, which is why they have their lifetime loyalty program. And here's how it works. You buy a new or used car from them, then all you have to do is get all of the manufacturer-recommended maintenance done at the Vance dealership, and if something goes wrong with the components of your engine, transmission, drive, axle, or transfer unit, they will cover the repair costs. What a deal. You can browse their entire inventory or find the John Vance dealership near you at vanceautogroup.com. And First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs. Checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all. Whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone, everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. Make your life easier and go bank with First Fidelity Bank. Visit ffb.com for more information. 
Ted, the leadership of Florida State is pissed. Yep. They uh they are not pleased with their situation in the ACC, and they apparently all got together and said, we're going to let everyone know about it. That I, I'm not entirely sure what their strategy is, but just a reminder, the ACC, they implemented a kind of a more you eat what you kill type of conference distribution structure, tried to make some people a little more happy, but that clearly isn't doing it for Florida State's president and their board of trustees. Got a couple of fun quotes for you, Ted, from okay. that meeting, which anyone could watch, by the way. Florida State President Richard McCullough, quote, I believe Florida State will have have to, at some point, consider very seriously leaving the ACC unless there were a radical change to the revenue distribution. And then AD Michael Alford uh, had this to say regarding the grant of rights. We have a great understanding of what opportunities there are in that document, how that document could hold us back, but also what the opportunities are. We've been told for a while that this thing is ironclad, right? When it comes to this ACC grant of rights that runs all the way through 2036. But it appears Florida State's leadership feels differently, I guess. I don't know. I'm kind of confused by their strategy. I don't know what they're going for here. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't know enough about the deal other than even as dumb as I am, whenever they signed it, I knew it was stupid. Uh, to sign it for that long. Um, but I I don't know, it, you know, because it's interesting. The person on the other end of it, uh, you've got your, you've got your teams, but you also have your, your television partners. Like, I wonder what they think about it. You know, I, do they feel like it's beneficial like they could they could get more out of Florida State somewhere else, you know, and I, if that's the case, would they be willing to help this this situation happen? Th- this is where I become very skeptical about them getting out of this. Now they're going to get out of it eventually, right? We it, but we just saw OU in Texas have to wait a couple years and then pay what fifty million each, yeah, to get out one year early. This thing runs to 2036. Crazy. And everything I saw, like the reports say that they've had to, they would have to pay a $120 million exit fee. And then remember, if they go to a new conference, unless they win a court battle against the ACC, when it comes to the grant of rights, whatever money they make has to go to the ACC because that's what it says under the grant of rights. So that's where it gets... Very confusing to me. I, I'm not exactly sure how all of that would work, but it's clear. Florida State's leadership, and rightfully so, they're very concerned with the revenue gap that's about to be in place in college football. And, and they said it. It's not exactly it's not going to be this way in the next couple of years, but down the line, they're going to be making approximately $30 million less each year than teams in the Big Ten and the SEC. That adds up, man. <laughs> you're talking five years. You're, really the, quickly. Yeah, you're talking five years. And remember, I'll say it again, it runs through 2036. And remember, there, 
the SEC and Big Ten will re-up again before this deal for the ACC is up. So the gap is only going to get larger. So that's where I get the concern, right? When you start doing the the math, you're like, damn, yeah, they're going to be, that's a lot to overcome, right? Because that's recruiting, facilities, uh, recovery, like that staff, that's all of it. Coach, like coaches, coaches' salaries. It's that's insurmountable where, to be competitive. And and that's the word they used. Like yeah. it is insurmountable. So I part of me thinks Florida State took this approach just to see if they could get anyone else on board. I I do think a, a lot of it is they they're just letting their fans know they're trying. Yeah. Like, hey, you know, we we realize what's going on here. We're trying, guys. Like, I think that could be part of it as well. But I don't, I don't know who they're trying to get to go with. Them. I, I don't know. But they, they feel like they're stuck in a very shitty situation. I mean, and this is what happens whenever you get in a football conference with a bunch of basketball schools, you know, you get all these folks in a room and ESPN waves a little bit of money in front of these schools. They're like, Holy shit, let's do it. How long do you let's sign for 50 years if we can. Right. I mean, come on. I bet whenever that thing was over ESPN walked out of there and they were laughing their asses off. Are you kidding me? College football has been on a rocket ship up and the ACC is going to lock themselves into 2036. It's ridiculous. I, I don't know exactly how it happened and and I get it. It seems like cable and streaming. There was a bit of a crossroads and they're like, Hey, we want the long-term stability. It turned out to be a very bad decision. And, And as far as the Florida state situation, do they even have another conference lined up? I mean, they're making all of this noise, but I don't know about you. I haven't heard of the Big Ten or the SEC or anyone being like, hey, yeah, come on. There there have been no rumblings. It's a huge well, brand. They would be in demand, but no one's touching this deal right now, dude. I think the SEC would quickly scoop up uh, they'd probably take the names. I've heard Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, and Virginia. North Carolina fl- feels like a very big Big Ten school to me. Really good yeah. school. It, just, it feels very Big Ten-ish. Yeah. No, I, I agree. But, you know, there's going to be a battle there because they add – in Florida State, you're adding the brand – North Carolina is a big brand too, but with North Carolina, Virginia, you're adding TV markets. Yeah. You know, Clemson, you're not, you're adding a brand. It's not really a TV market, but if you can get North Carolina and Virginia, that gets you into a a different television market. So I don't know. I it's who knows. I don't think anyone's going to say a whole lot about any ACC school until there looks like there's some type of crack in that grand ride still. Like the SEC is not going to act like, oh, the, we're on board. Yeah, we'd love to have them until there, it ever looks like there's even a chance you could do it. Yeah, you 
you don't want to look like you meddled in any of that to where you open yourself up to any type of litigation. If you're one of these other conferences, you are, yep. you're avoiding that situation like the plague, but you, you mentioned ESPN, like they've got Florida state on a great deal. Why would they want to help them get out of the ACC? Well, I especially with everything that's going on with their parent company, right? And especially it's been all the layoffs they've had. Like they're going to throw Florida State a bone. I, I, I don't know. Well, the only reason, and I don't, again, I don't know enough of how all of this works, but to get them in more games that people are interested in, like to be in the SEC. I mean, because it it looks to me like TV partners want more good games, fewer filler content. There's a there's a bunch of bad games in college football. And ESPN and Fox, they have to broadcast all of them. And a lot of them are just flat out, call it what it is, they are not revenue producers. But you get the right schools and the right conferences, consolidate that. You have a, a, a fewer games that you broadcast, but a lot more eyeballs on those games. Like, that's the way I view it. Now, would that ever happen? Would they help them? I don't. I don't know. I I went and played. Were you on the radio call for that game? What one? When we went down to Tallahassee? No. Oh, what was that? 2000. You're still playing. 11. It's 2011. Or 10. Was it 10? We, we, we whooped their ass in 2010 in Norman. Okay. That was Christian Ponder's Heisman hopes went downhill real quick. Nice. But 2011, I'll, I'll say this. Was it Dope Campbell? Yep. That's an that's an SEC type place to go play. Right. Yeah. That place that's, it was by thing, far the loudest place I ever played in college. That place yeah. was nuts. So I for one welcome the Seminoles to the SEC. As as a long-standing member of the SEC, the <laughs> Oklahoma Sooners, we welcome Let me be the, the first to welcome you in. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, dude, I'll say this, man. I don't like a lot of this. Yeah. I don't. I, I love the regionality of college football. I think it's something that makes it extremely special. But I, my hope is that this all results in a, us getting to watch better football games. Yeah. And as OU guys, like we're we're in the cool kid club. So that's where, I don't know, it's weird sitting and watching all of this unfold now and just not really having to worry about anything. Like, I can't imagine what an Oregon State fan feels like right now or a former player there. So, like, I, that's got to, that's got to be really tough, man. I, but, but it's also hard as a Florida State fan because we know how they feel to play Duke and NC State. In Virginia, and you know that's your home slate, and you watch everyone else play the big time games and making all the money, and you're getting left behind, right? Yeah, we were in those shoes too. Yeah, so just all of it's weird. I don't know if I like it. I'm not sure. All I know is OU's in a good spot, so. Podcast is going to keep rolling, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we are rolling. Now, Iowa State is coming to Norman 
on September 30th this season. I'm not sure who their quarterback is going to be, but I'm relatively confident it is not going to be Hunter Deckers. Oh my goodness. No. What were, first of all, what he did was extremely stupid. What were his parents thinking? I don't, I'm, I'm never letting anyone else bet under my name. You're not messing no. up my stats. Well, it's also against the law. Earmuff warning for those listening, because I don't know that there's a better way to put it. But isn't it kind of all around one of the douchier things that you've seen? I. So his parents yeah. made him a DraftKings account. Yeah. That he used to bet on sports. Uh huh. When he was under the legal betting age in the state of Iowa. Well, yeah. But knowing full well that he's a college football player. Douchey is not the word I would use. It is really stupid. But it's it's stupid, but it's also like I, I just feel like it's like this rich kid rules don't okay, apply. Okay, I see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? I see what you're saying now. Yeah, I, I would say an aura of I don't know if arrogance is the right word, superiority. Something maybe yeah. douchey is the word, but you, you have to be 21 to bet on sports in Iowa. And he placed a bunch of bets when he was 20 under his mom's name on the DraftKings app. Crazy 26 bets on Iowa State sporting events, including a bet on the Iowa State Oklahoma State game, football game in 21. 2021. I know some people were like, oh, well, he didn't play in the game. Who who knew he had a bet on the game in that locker room? Now, they won the game, but there are a couple of things I want to know. And I, I think Hunter Decker's football career is over. I didn't think oh, he was any good last year, and I think <laughs> this is... I don't know if there's any coming back from this, but number one, I want to know what he bet on in the Iowa state, Oklahoma state game in 2021. Now it will, it make me feel any differently if he bet on his team to win. I, it probably will. If I'm being honest, I'd probably like, okay. Now, if he bet on his team, not to cover, or he bet on him to lose. <laughs> he took Oklahoma State buddy line. That's where it gets. They tried to lose it. If I remember right, it was. Or was that the one they came from behind? That was that crazy game in Stillwater, wasn't it? I think it was like 24-21 or something. And I think I'm thinking of the right game. Yeah. I think Purdy threw a couple of interceptions in that game. Purdy would never do that. <laughs> but I I want to know what his bets were on that game. And then honestly, I want to know if he's good at betting. Hmm. I want to I want to know the record. I want to know the profits or losses. 
uh, because they said he placed 366 bets, which is a lot of bets, right. totaling more than now $2,799. But that, that was kind of my number one question after I read the article. It was like, did he win? Was he good? I don't know if that's right or wrong, but that was that was one of my reactions. This is so stupid. I it's mean, crazy that it's crazy that they can track. I mean, it's not that difficult. I know that the capabilities are easily there, but that they're tying it back to his parents and they're they're like geofencing it to see where the bets are coming from and. <laughs> My guess is there will be like that will be the Decker's defense. I think did you see the Wazarike situation? Now he bet on NFL games when he was in the NFL. Bad idea. But he also he's part of this Iowa and Iowa State team. The Iowa backup walk on kicker placing bets on the game. My goodness. But placing under bets though on the uh, uh the, that, that's good. That's funny. cash the ticket, pal. Way to go! <laughs> but yeah, I think the way that some of this information is being attained, and it may be all in the terms of use, right? In the app, and that no one reads, but yeah, I think that's going to be something that that the Decker's family is going to explore as a legal defense, I would assume, but I don't, I don't know. I, I think Hunter Decker's is toast. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Oh, did you happen to see the Snapchat video of him floating around Twitter? I did, but I couldn't, I was, I was on a plane. I didn't want to have the volume up. It looked like it looked really weird. Look like he was. It looked like he was looking into someone's like, like people in their doorbell or, or in their front door or something. It was weird. Yeah, I didn't know well, what was happening. Basically, it's a Snapchat video of him betting some woman five hundred dollars on the Iowa game, and at the end of it, he says, "Don't post this because it's technically illegal." Like, come on, man. <laughs> Incriminate yourself. <laughs> yeah. Make you it make it more office. difficult for law enforcement. It's Snapchat. I was joking. I wouldn't really bet that girl. Yeah. yeah it's funny. It was pretty it, it was pretty funny that it just existed. I was like, oh, well that it's on bread. Wild. I was told that he was gonna open the offense up last year. False. Yeah. Well and now I, hey, Iowa State goes into camp without their quarterback. So I because he's not even there. Yeah. Here's the thing, man. I, the problem with this is it's you, I, I, I feel pretty certain in this statement. Now I don't know. It's a guess, but I feel somewhere around the 100% of college football teams have players on their team that have placed illegal bets through apps. I I have a feeling there are college football players who have been betting under their brother, their cousin, or hell, maybe their mom also that have seen this and gone, 
how do I delete everything? <laughs> like, how, yeah. how do I make it go away? Yeah. I, you just, I mean, it's because they've been really quiet. Iowa and Iowa State, like the representatives there have been like, ah, we're not too sure how many people. It's, uh, it's not, I wouldn't say a lot. I think was the quote that we got from someone. I don't remember. Was was it? Uh, um, was that from Iowa State or was that? I don't know. They're just really downplaying it, and I think everyone across college football is like, "Yes, just keep this thing quiet, deal with it, let's keep it there, and not dig into anyone else." Yeah i I can only imagine what Matt Campbell said to Hunter Deckers when they found out about all this. Oh my gosh. Out of all the places something like this would go down, Iowa State would have been one of the last on the list for me. Not not Matt Campbell's guys. No way. No. And not only as guys starting quarterback. That is brutal, man. Brutal. And you know, I... Listen, I, I understand how, how college kids are, but you know with sports betting legal in, in that state that it's not like they didn't have this conversation a thousand times with their players, right? There's zero doubt that that compliance meeting took place at least twice a year. At least twice a year. Hmm. Before it was legalized, when it looked like it was about to be legalized, when it was legalized, and then routinely from that point on. Yep. I will uh I'll I'll continue to say that I think college athletes should be able to bet on sports, but you just can't bet on anything that your school's playing in and you can't bet on your sport. You should be able to bet on the NBA and like Premier League soccer. Like if Hunter Deckers was firing off, I, I don't know, Manchester United bets like that, that shouldn't get his eligibility permanently stripped from him, you know, but right. betting, betting on a game that you could end up playing in. That's bad. Don't do that. That's, that's against the law. And also. We need it to look legit for all of the other people that are betting on it. Yes. Come on, Hunter Deckers. <laughs> Come on. On that note, episode 342 in the books. Reminder, we will have a podcast for you guys next Wednesday. Or I guess this upcoming Wednesday. Do you say it next? Like when it it's the next Wednesday. We'll yeah. have it for them on Wednesday. Yeah, once you're into Sunday and you're in that week, it's this Wednesday. Okay, so I got I still got to say next Wednesday at this point in time. I think so. Okay, that I, that checks out. Mm, but so. I am, I'm going to go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame for the first time. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait go to watch a former teammate get inducted. So that cool. is, I'm excited, dude. Never been, never, never thought I would go. So pretty fired up. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to sweat a lot. I, I got to yeah. check the weather. I got to pack. Oh, boy. <laughs> we'll have a new podcast that will drop next Wednesday. Just a reminder, you can hear Ted from 3 to 6 on 94.7 The Ref. You can hear me on SiriusXM Big 12 Radio, Channel 375. 
Hope you all have a fantastic weekend. And until next time, we appreciate y'all for listening. Do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other.